We are April and Scott, creators of NaughtyGym.com, and this is The Naughty Gym Show. For years, we've been fitness and nutrition coaches to thousands of people through our commercial gyms and online platform. We've also spent nearly a decade in an ever-evolving open relationship. This show brings together two of our biggest passions, fitness and sex positivity. Our mission is to maximize the physical and mental health of anyone brave enough to explore relationship structures that run counter to societal norms. We have demolished our old ways of thinking about relationships and from that rubble built a life full of happiness, adventure, and vitality. And now we want to help you do the same. So hop on the treadmill, start the show, and let us teach you how to never stop playing. Hey guys, we are back again, and this week we have a very interesting topic that we're going to talk about. But first of all, uh, we're just going to give you a little update. We've been, it's been not the routine schedule that we've been releasing podcasts on. So we're about a week or two behind, but that's because we have been incredibly busy behind the scenes. Number one, preparing for Be Better at Being Bad in Hedonism at Hedonism Resort in Jamaica. Um, and I think we have close to 200 rooms filled up for that. Yeah, I think uh, we may be over 200 at this point. We get updates periodically, but yeah, the, the event's going great and it's going to be huge. And um, and on top of that, it looks like we might finally be able to stop running our commercial gym. There's a couple of options on the table for us, but very soon, probably within the next month or two, we are going to shift our life to where we are doing Naughty Gym full time. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, already freed up some time for us. And we've got some big projects in the works next year that we would have probably had to have turned down. Right. Uh, if we were still working in our commercial gym. So we're incredibly excited that this little uh, experimental venture of ours, Naughty Gym, yeah. has turned into a full-time, potentially a full-time career for us. And a lot of that is because of our listeners and yeah, our members and all of that stuff. So yeah, we are, what, three weeks away from Hito? Three weeks away. We have literally, and that's why I look like this if you're watching the YouTube <laughs> There was no time for makeup and hair today. Um, we are working 16, 17 hour days consistently. Um, and so we just had a little window of about two hours where we could really quickly hop on and record a podcast. Yeah. So real quick, if you haven't signed up or booked uh, to go to Hito, but want to, it's the second week of January, the 6th through the 13th. Um, it is going to be an incredible party, an incredible yeah. event, uh, and we would love for you to go with us. So check out our website or go to Hito's website. It's right on the homepage. Of we have a lot of great things. We are we have an app that we're using for all of the members, members that are attending Hito, and they're really already starting to build connections and getting to know each other, and they're posting some sex pictures, and there's a lot of interaction inside of that app. So. Yeah, and we have virtual meet and greets inside the app. It's built for like... Uh, uh, live conferences, but also for virtual conferences. Yeah. So we've had some fun uh, with that. So yeah, hit us up if you have any questions or if not, just book and we'd love for you to uh, go with us. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? So today um, we are going to talk about something that even in the ethical non-monogamous community can be a little taboo. Um, and so we are going to try and open up the conversation for that and help normalize male bisexuality 
in the lifestyle. Um, we know that it is more common than what we actually hear outwardly, right? We hear kind of behind closed doors uh, more frequently about men who are bisexual or their tendencies than we do in the outward facing well, yeah, world. When right? the, the people are willing to put, like say on dating profiles or something, sure, sure. we know the percentage of pe- men that uh, are into different possibilities is much higher than what uh, you might would think, but we're going to get to that. So. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, we were on a podcast called consenting adults with Lena Wynn. Um, and she asked Scott, she is a great journalist by the way, and has a way of asking questions <laughs> that just uh, bring out the truth in a way that you maybe weren't anticipating it coming out. And she asked you, are you bisexual? Yeah, which came out of the blue. I did not expect it. I wasn't ready for the question. I wasn't prepared to answer it. Nobody. And you're a truth teller. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I don't. Very difficult time not telling the truth. Yeah, and I don't like to feel like I have to hide any part of myself. I'm an oversharer by nature, and yeah. uh, I don't like having to hide who I am. I really value the ability to be authentic and transparent. Yeah. And that's not always easy. But yeah, she asked the question. And um, in the moment, I know I immediately started sweating when she asked the question, but I just, I had, this was the probably the last aspect of my personal life that I had not maybe been public about. Yeah. And um, that just felt like the moment to say it and just let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, because we had already at that point been outed as swingers. Yep. So most of the, of the community knew that already. Um, and so that was kind of, I, I was, I don't know if curious is the right word, but um, nervous, I maybe is the right word, to f- see how you were going to react to that outing. So what happened was, um, for some reason, and we're not sure why, that podcast, and we've been on a, a number of other podcasts, mm-hmm. but that one podcast is the one that made the rounds around our community and in our CrossFit world and in our personal world and our kids school and all of the things, everybody was talking about that one podcast. And it was mostly not about swinging, not about an open relationship or non-monogamy. It was about you being bisexual. That was the big hubbub. Um, And so how did you handle that? Well, I didn't at that point I had, you know, I had wanted for a while to be able to just say it, mm-hmm. to just get it. I like, you know, I, I know it's not the same as maybe somebody, a, a man who's gay coming out of the closet, but it sort of felt like it probably maybe had some, uh, to it. yeah, it was a little bit like that. And I just wanted to get it out there and get it over with and move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had no plan for doing that. And it's just, she hit me with that question and, and I just blurted it out. And, you know, that was the, that was the end of that. But the the only real issue I still had remaining was I was worried about what my family or, uh, you know, maybe in particular my brother would, mm-hmm. would think um, because I still love my family and I'm very close to them, my, my immediate family anyway. And, uh, you know, that was tough and it was tough on him. And I think he has, he probably still doesn't love it, uh, but he still comes to the gym and we act like, we don't talk about it, but we act like we've always acted and yeah. we're still close and, and so I am 
happy that he was able to take something that he's not comfortable with and at least for the sake of our relationship, ignore it. Right. But did it make you feel shame? Uh, no. Well, I mean, maybe a little bit when I knew my brother knew about it, Mm -hmm. uh, there was some shame. Um, where does, where does that come from? Well, we're, you know, I'm raised in the church in the deep South in small town, Alabama, and it is not something that is going to be well received in the community. Typically, (laughs) um, certainly not in my family who most of which are really conservative. Uh, you know, that upbringing and, and feeling like it was a shameful thing. When I was, when I was a kid, I was very anti-gay people. Didn't, right. didn't know any, didn't want to know any, uh, had no uh, friends that I knew of that were gay. And, and so that sort of culture gets uh, built into you from a young age. And it's hard to shake that when you get older. Uh, but I don't, I think by this time, by the time I answered that question on that podcast, I was ready to be rid of hiding that fact. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't think I felt a lot of shame other than just a little bit of an embarrassment with some of my family. Maybe. Sure. Do you feel that same embarrassment now? With my family? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I know it's not a topic they want to talk about, but mm-hmm. no, I don't care anymore. I, I, um, all the, all of my skeletons are out of the closet. I'm happy that they are. And, um, you know, if anybody wants to uh, quibble about it, we can have a very uh, meaningful conversation. If that's what they want. But yeah, no, I don't Well, I'm proud of you for how you handled that because no, the town that we live in and knowing some of the repercussions that our business took and, and stuff like that, I know you, obviously, and I know how much you love your family. And I think uh, you handled that beautifully and with kindness and empathy for them, but still remaining true to who you are. Um, so that was. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about bisexuality. What does that mean to you? Because when I met you um, and you and I started dating, I guess, um, you, I, you knew that I was, I guess I would have called myself bi-curious, but even I, back then, eight years ago, really hesitated to use the term bisexual. I would kind of work around it. I would be like, bi-curious, I am, you know. I, you would say things like, I don't know, you know, maybe I'd like to kind of experiment one day. I don't know. Girl, yeah. yeah. Um, you weren't aggressively open. Right. I wasn't aggressively idea. open. And I, still to this day, I hate labels. I hate putting myself in a box. Yeah. Um. But what does that mean to you now that you identify as a bisexual male? Well, to me, and so I know a lot of, well, and we've met and had sessions with people who engaged with me Mm -hmm. who would not say they're bisexual. So there is a, a bit of a disconnect to me in what the typical definition of that word means and how some people, some other men feel about themselves. But for me, um, I think if you at any point in any degree, whether that degree changes or uh, those feelings, they're going to ebb and flow. But if you are open to the possibility of any type of sexual relationship or maybe not relationship, sexual play of any style with a guy, to me, that's bisexuality. Now, if you don't like calling yourself bisexual, you like bi comfortable or 
open-minded or by curious to me they're all just sub it's all under the same umbrella yeah it, it, basically yeah you right. if you are not only open to having sex with the opposite gender then you are in some fashion to me bisexual so it doesn't necessarily mean that you want to go on a date with a man or right. court a man or woo him or be romantic. Like you're not going to, you don't want to go out dancing with another man. Maybe you would. Well, but <laughs> that happened recently. It has, yeah. but yeah. you wouldn't have said that before this, right? Wouldn't have said what? That you can be bisexual without it being relational. Like, Oh, you yeah. being in a like yeah, yeah. committed relationship or like, um, you know, it was just a few months ago. You said you hadn't ever seen a man walk by and been like, oh, yeah, like I'd really like to get. Yeah. So that. so it's interesting for me. And I'm going to say something that's going to be wildly controversial. And I will immediately own the fact that I could be I'm, I'm no expert in this. I could be completely wrong. I'm just going to tell you how it feels to me. But growing up, I, I don't say now that I am bisexual. <laughs> And that I known, I've known I always was. Right. I will say the exact opposite. I had no interest in it and was revolted at the idea of it mm-hmm. and genuinely do not believe I was bisexual 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Now, some people could say, well, it was repressed because of your culture. It was, you know, it was always there. You just didn't feel comfortable letting it out. That's fine if somebody wants to believe that, but I can only express what feels true to me. And I can tell you that there was zero interest of any kind. And it doesn't feel like even now looking back that there were any clues to myself that it's something that was repressed that finally was allowed to come That you were trying to figure out. Yeah, Yeah. it was never anything like that. Which is the opposite for me. I've known from the time I was sexual, from the first time I started, you know, masturbating, yeah. I've known that I had that tendency. For so, me, I for me, I feel like there's been a lot of um and again, I don't think some people are gonna like this, but I I have to some degree willed myself into it, which is just an, I even feel bad saying that. But one of the things that happened is when you and I first started seeing each other, uh you had confessed that your favorite porn to watch was guy on guy. Gay porn. And uh, I had not watched it ever at that point that I remember anyway. And I said, all right, you know what? Let's watch it. We'll watch it. If you're turned on by it, I'll just love watching you get turned on. You were a little uncomfortable at first. Yeah, yeah. I was a little uncomfortable with it, but I I wanted you to have fun. And so, you know, so we did it. And I kept thinking, well, I want to get to where this turns me on too, because then we both enjoy it. And I'm not just enjoying watching her. And so I sort of let my mind open to it. Now, that could be interpreted as, okay, you're finally dropping the barriers to something that was already always sure. there. Yeah. It just doesn't feel that way to me. Um, and so I started getting to where I could enjoy it a little bit. And, you know, then it started turning me on. And, 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 and so it just progressed into where we started talking about, well, do you think you could ever do that one day, Scott? Because it was a huge turn on yeah. for you, the idea of me being with another guy. And, um, you know, I thought, well, I, maybe, I don't know. And if the, I, if the opportunity ever presents itself, maybe I could. But yeah. I don't know if that was the original question. Uh, well, well, I was asking you to kind of define what bisexuality meant. Yeah, for me, it's very broad. If you have ever at any time enjoyed or have been interested in any kind of sexual contact with the same gender, that's some version of bisexuality. If you don't like the label, fine. Don't, ex- don't adopt it. But that's how I define it. Yeah. 
So why do you think that men, in, especially in the lifestyle, we've come across several that kind of behind closed doors they are, yeah. but to the- Not outward, several, a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why do you think they hide that? Well, there is still a, a bit of a taboo, even in the lifestyle. Um, um, a friend of ours who's coming with us to uh, Jamaica, a f- cinematographer, uh, videographer, uh, that uh, his name's Roderick Stevens. He's doing the documentary called Open a Journey Through Love. It's yeah, going to be documenting a lot of the, the stuff yeah. in the lifestyle and, and painting a very positive picture. Follow him on social media, by the way, yeah. if you don't already open a journey through love. He has uh, he put out a, a poll that's had now over uh, 500 respondents. Mm-hmm. But of the men polled there, for, I think the number was, I, we actually checked this today, 42% of the men polled identified as something other than straight. And uh, it was bi-comfortable, bi-curious, bisexual, pansexual, different things like that. But where they were open to something other than just sex with a woman. And so that's 42%. Now, before I came out as bisexual, I would have told you the number was probably more like 10%. Because it seemed like no guy had any interest in it. As soon as I came out as bisexual, that started changing very quickly. Uh, People that we... had previously said there was no interest in any bisexuality, all of a sudden were very open to the Yeah, end. and I don't think it's because I'm some gay magnet. No, it's because they felt safe, yeah. I think, and, a safe space. And then all of a sudden we we go to a play session, and, and I mean, we've been had people say things like this. Hey, my husband is not bisexual, but, I mean, we're kind of open to trying some things and, and stuff. So when I hear that, I hear, okay, so he's potentially bisexual. He just hates the label. Right. Uh, but um, And that's fine. I don't care. But we've had that happen so much yeah. now and had so many conversations. there can be, for some men, something that feels emasculating to them, labeling themselves as bisexual. And my personal opinion, I could get in trouble for this, think that some of that lies with their partner. I think if they have a partner who is not supportive and open to the possibility of them exploring their sexuality in any form or fashion, however that is, that they may feel like I'm less of a man if my partner, like, what is my partner going to think? Are they going to think that now, you know, I'm not as manly or whatever? Yeah, because that's a worry of mine, not with you. And that's part of your point. You've always been very open and encouraging of this. But, you know, I'm a gym guy. I've been an athlete all my life. Right. I'm raised in the South. I'm the opposite, I think, of what you might typically expect. I, I mean, there's no expectation. Well, and that's, really, no, there, that's the thing. There is an expectation. A faulty an, one. A, right, false, one, a yeah. false expectation that if you are bisexual, you have, or gay, you have to, you're, you fall into this category where it's effeminate and it's not as masculine and it's not And so I think men feel that either from societal pressures or from their partner or or just from just growing up that way, that if I act on this urge, I'm going to look a certain way to my partner. And then they're going to think, and to be honest, I have come across some women that were very derogatory towards bisexuality in men. Even though they're bisexual, the even though they're bisexual, even though they're bisexual, which is just nuts. There's a, to me. there's a huge double standard. And I've had several conversa- conversations with women 
um, where they would be, I would never, if my husband and I'm like, well, and, and to and to be and to be clear, it's okay for a woman who is bisexual to not like their husband to be bisexual. I think that's or to not. Uh, I'm sorry, to not be turned on by that. Right, you're turned on by what you're turned on by. It's but fine to be not turned on by it. It's not what fine I don't to think be it is okay. hypocritical about. It's not okay in a healthy relationship, in my opinion, to not be supportive of whatever your partner, to allow them to freely explore and express themselves in that way. Well, I could, I don't know, maybe, but I could, I don't think I would find it all that offensive if some, if a, a, a bisexual woman married to a man said, look, I appreciate you letting me play with women but I am just not comfortable with you playing with men. Now, I, I do feel like there's an element of hypocrisy in there, but I can understand that. a huge that. element of hypocrisy there. But also, so to what degree? Okay, what? so say a woman is married to a man and she's bisexual and she gets to act out on it. And he has this urges or questions, am I, would I enjoy this? But he's never allowed to explore that. I question the health of their relationship. Okay. But, but this brings up the issue of reciprocity, which you've adamantly said a relationship does not have to have. Like I may tell you, I'm okay with you doing a thing and you'd look me dead in the eye and say, uh, okay, thanks, but you can't do it. <laughs> so that's the same kind of thing here, right? I mean, I don't think so. I think that's different. I think that's a little bit different. To so you think, you think if, uh, uh, a, I'm not saying he has to go play with somebody. But at least she has to be open to allow him to question it and explore. I mean, we explored that for years before you ever acted on it. And it was a safe place for you to come and talk to me about it. So you knew you were bisexual before you ever acted on it. Uh, well, no, I wouldn't say that for sure. I had doubt. In fact, I had doubts or not doubts. I wasn't sure uh, how bisexual I was until the recent episode. In Atlanta, which we'll talk about, we'll we'll talk about here in a minute. But I I think because of the culture I've been brought up in, into that some of that shame affects how easily I can let myself go and just act off raw emotion Mm -hmm. and not let how I'm feeling get filtered through that cultural upbringing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I guess, but to go back to my point, I there is, there is, it's okay for somebody to not like their partner doing a thing. Mm-hmm. What I think if somebody, I don't know, it, it does feel like hypocrisy, but I mean, that's that yucking your young. Okay. Right. So. I don't think they should talk bad to their husband about it. I don't think they should make their husband feel bad. I don't think they should. I think they should be open to those conversations. But if a woman is just completely turned off by her husband being with another man, are you saying that it would be hypocritical so for a her? A man to- is bisexual. Knows he's bisexual. Right. Or figures out, say they're married for 25 years and halfway through, he's like, I know, I think I am bisexual. He should not be given space to explore that if she's just turned off by it. No more so than if you, if a man told his monogamous wife that, hey, I think I. I feel like that would, should, should be a marriage under. What? That. I, I'm, I realized I'm bisexual and I want to explore it. If you don't let me, we're getting a divorce. Yeah. Well, that would be up to the person. I mean, I mean to just, decide that. If I'm, that's who they are, 
and they're not given the respect to, and I'm not saying explore, that means going and sleeping with other people. Oh, that's what I thought you meant. No, I mean, well, what do you mean by that as far as we've explored a lot of things, just the two of us together by conversations and communication and back and forth and in our sexuality, when we have sex, when we, in our talk and the way we share things with each other. So do you mean that a woman, even if she doesn't want to see her husband with another man, all you're saying is she should at least be allow him to comfortably talk about those yeah, fantasies absolutely. without without making him feel bad. Absolutely. Are you then also saying that it is okay if if the woman said, look, I'm not comfortable though with you acting out on these fantasies? Yes. Yes. You're, you're okay. Well, okay. That, then we're saying the same thing, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Although I still say I think there's a little bit of hypocrisy there. But I oh, think there is. 100%. But, I, but I, I think that's probably okay. Yeah. That's okay hypocrisy. Right. <laughs> it's mild yeah. hypocrisy. Yeah. But I've never struggled with that part because you've always been like, hey, I'd like to see you with 18 guys, you know, <laughs> and tied to a tree. But, I, you know, because it's always been a big turnoff for you. Yeah, so mine has been more like dealing with that cultural feeling like, I don't know if I'm really a man, you know. Yeah, but any fantasy that you've had, I've been okay with you exploring. Now, I don't know that all of them I want you to act out, but some of those we explore when we're having sex with each other verbally yeah. where yeah. we can talk through it and, and have fun with it that way. So what was the original question? I don't remember. <laughs> I think I asked why so many men were afraid of being labeled bisexual. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I feel that fear too a little bit, but I have just decided that, all right, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. I am sometimes attracted to the idea of playing with another man. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to own the label. I'm, that, that that to me is bisexuality it, and it comes in varying degrees and forms, but I don't like the term by comfortable and by curious because I think they're, you're just, you're taking the word bisexual, it, which has within it all sorts of different degrees. Like you're, you know, I'm comfortable with this with a guy and, you know, not as comfortable way over here, well, but it's, it's all the same thing. The same it's just degrees. Non-monogamous, full swap, soft swap. Whatever it is. But you're all and non I've said this for years. I hate labels. And that was one of the reasons I fought so long about being calling myself bisexual. Because I'm like, I don't know if I am today. Today. We're right. Yeah. Today I might not be. Today I might not be attracted to any women. Um, today I might want to full swap. Tomorrow I might want to only soft swap. It's so fluid for me. Yeah, I think part of the fear with the label is that somebody hears you say you're bisexual and assumes something about you that you may not identify with. Right. Because there is so much scale within right. that term. You know, right. you could be bisexual in the sense that like every once in a while you just like to rub up against one. Right. Or well, you love, you know, you love taking three dudes at once. I have example. an incredibly rebellious spirit. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> those labels make me want to fight. Like if somebody's like, oh, you're this. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. I was until you told me that I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's see, that doesn't happen. Yeah. And I don't know why I'm like that, but that's just how I am. Okay. So what's the next question? Yeah. So um, until recently, your experiences, you've only had a few bisexual experiences that I would probably consider soft, soft swap experiences. Yeah, oral. Oral. Yeah. Um, until recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it had been over the course of, I don't know, four or five years, maybe, maybe not quite that long. What has there been four, five, six, maybe 
instances of giving and receiving oral sex from another man. Um, so not a lot. It, it's sort of sporadic. It's been far more times I've been with a woman than I've right. done anything oh, with a guy. But right. uh, and I still am. And you're not. You weren't like aggressively seeking it out. No, no, no. In fact, it's well, just like if it happened, it happened. Yeah, yeah. Right? There was never. There was never like, hey, let's go get that guy. Right. Well, and sometimes it happened, and we weren't even expecting it. Like, right? Yeah. We would have some. Um, an opportunity and we'd connect with some people and we didn't know until we got behind closed doors that the guy was yeah. openly or, you know, was into bisexual. play. Yeah. So, you know, because of that and those oral, those, um, those play sessions, they had been okay, but they, they were, so this is what I've realized. All right. Based off that, this, the event we're about to talk about. And I think this applies to men and women for me. I can enjoy getting a blowjob from anybody, but it's always better the deeper the connection is with that person. Always. And and this sometimes has been a little bit of source of contention for Mm -hmm. us, but I like the slow burn and the buildup. And, you know, I still would, I still gravitate towards women Mm -hmm. and I want to get to know a woman. I want to have deep conversation. I want to touch and flirt and make out and all of that stuff building up towards a play session. Because to me, then the play is that much more connected or filled with chemistry, whatever. Um, not that I can enjoy a more of a recreational sport fucking, but I like the connection part of it. I, I have no desire for that connection to linger over into any sort of expectation right. outside. A relationship. Yeah. A relationship, but right. because I have all I can handle with you. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. I have a perfect relationship. with you. Uh, I realized, I think, now this is off a sample size of one incident in Atlanta, but I realized I think I'm going to end up being that same way with guys. Yeah. That the deeper my connection is, or the more that chemistry, the chemistry is, the chem- yeah. chemistry, yeah. yeah. And I know you don't prefer the term connection. Like connection, but I do like chemistry. For you, yeah. the word connection, you hear scary relationship. relationship. Right. And I don't mean it that way. And we've realized that we were using yeah. those words yeah. differently. So chemistry, we'll, we'll call it that. Uh, we went to, with some friends of ours, to Atlanta Pride, to Atlanta Pride uh, in October. So we're talking about five or six weeks ago. And uh, so much fun. It was, God, uh, the gays just know how to party. <laughs> we went to uh, our first ever circuit party. So it's just, yeah. it was, uh, I don't know how many people were in there, 500 oh, or maybe more. I don't know. Uh, and least. there were about five women mm-hmm. and there were 495 guys. Yeah. Which, as a woman, fucking loved it. Loved it. I bet you did. Because I had, I love to dance and I had no worries that somebody was going to come up and start like grabbing on me or like hitting on. It was the most free I felt in years. Yeah, because in these big parties in a typical lifestyle thing, the, when we hit a hiccup, it's over. Uh, you're feeling pressure somehow, whether you think I'm trying to push play with somebody or there's too many people talking to you or whatever. But in this situation, Oh my God, you were basically ignored (laughs) on earth. I stayed away from you. I'm like, let him go have fun. I am out like April out. I danced my, my ass off. Which is honestly, I was called. I'm there now. And I'm their fag hag. They took care no, of no me. offense. They That's what they called her. Water. They, I mean, it was the 
probably most fun I've had in years. Yeah, because, and I've had a lot of fun the most. Because of there was just no emotional no emotional pressure. Yeah. Nothing. Just a fucking amazing DJ and, it, but, and dancing. But it's not true that you were completely left alone. You did have one guy come up and kiss you because he thought you were trans. <laughs> no, that's true. He thought you were trans. In his defense, I have big hands. <laughs> <laughs> so April made out with a gay guy. Cause... I did. I kissed him. I'm like, okay. But uh, yeah, but again. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't even know happened ever. I didn't know that's after we left Atlanta. Um, all right. Um, it. All right, so this was the first time I had ever been in an environment where going in, I, I knew that, okay, well, if you're going to ever explore something other than just oral, this might be yeah. that opportunity, or at least there's going to be, it's a target-rich environment, potentially. Right. Um, so our friends, uh, there was a, a big bulk of that friendship group that were all gay men. Right. Probably 20-ish. Well, I don't think it was that many, yeah, but, but yeah, there, there was a bunch. And... Uh, and, you know, we got to know all of them. We're all dancing and having fun. And, um, but one of them in particular, he and I, I don't even remember how it got started, but he and I got connected a little bit. We started dancing, and, which I had never, this is the first time in my life I'd ever and danced. And I just want to say I was the best wingman ever because I stayed away. You would look for me and I'm like, nah, uh bye-bye. Don't look at me. <laughs> and I do. Go I, have fun. I will say that I, I had fun with all the attention. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the, um it's different than what you would normally expect or what you would normally get from yes, it, a like it, heteronormative. I don't want to I don't want to make a blanket accusation about the gay male community because I'm still very inexperienced but at least at that party. Yeah. It was more aggressive. Yeah. You know, there was a lot I if I walked to the bar first of all you couldn't <laughs> You could barely move because there were so many people in yeah, there. So and so going from where we were dancing to the bar was a maybe uh, 75 feet, but it would take 10 minutes to get there because yeah. you're, you're, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me. Yeah. Pushing Scott would just disappear and we'd be like, where's Well, I, so I would get pawed on the whole way there, like people grabbing things and touching. And so, you know, I kind of realized, well, this is kind of fun. And so I went back <laughs> to the bar multiple times, probably when I didn't need to. Um so, yeah, I was getting a lot of attention. So that was kind of fun. And it was fun for me because almost in the opposite way you felt relief, I felt relief because I knew that you were okay with me doing Anything. what I like to do, which right. is just flirt yeah. and yeah. yeah, and do all of those things, which you wouldn't be as comfortable with me doing with women. Which seems hypocritical, but that's true. Yeah. Well, but I mean, maybe we're, getting we're, both, both, we're, getting that, we're both that way. Yeah. You know, I, I would feel much more comfortable with you dancing with, with a woman. room full of women yeah. than I would for you, you know, with uh, a bunch of Chippendale guy dancers, right? Yeah, which you would like. But, <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, there was a guy there. He was an incredibly attractive guy. He's built. He does yeah. some jewelry. built like a god. <laughs> he does some jewelry modeling or something. Yeah. Um, and he and I just hit it off. And we so we started dancing. I don't know if dancing is the right word for it, because first of all, I can't dance really, but it was you more good. it was more of that sort of floor fucking kind yeah. of where you just grinding on each other. And, and so here I'm telling this and I'm feeling a little bit of embarrassment. Are you? Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Okay. Uh, but um and then we started, and this was also a first for me, we started making out. I don't I'd never kissed a guy. No, you hadn't. Had I not? Mm -mm. And 
this was over the course of hours too. I mean, first of all, I'm too old to be staying out that late. It was like, we started the party at like 10. And by the time it was over, it, it was, was 7.30 yeah, a.m. It was daylight. We didn't even know that till we went outside. I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? What day is it? Yeah. You know, we've been here till the next day. Kind of thing. And, uh, but during the course of the night, we would, we'd be talking or dancing or whatever. And, you know, we'd asking questions to each other. We're yeah, starting to feel each other. Like yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, it became obvious between the two of us that, yeah, as long as everybody's cool with it, this is happening yeah. tonight. So as you're seeing that develop, what, how did you feel about it? Was there ever a moment where you were like, I don't know about this? Never. There was never, I was excited for you to try because I've done, you've given me space to explore my bisexuality. I've had a girlfriend. I've, you know, gone on private dates with women. So it wasn't, I wanted you to feel that. I, and I knew that you felt free. You weren't having to like, look over your shoulder. Like, is April okay? I knew that. And that was a relief to me. Um, and I knew that was a relief to you. So there was never any, anything on my part, like trepidation, like, oh gosh, is he going to do something I don't want him to do? I was like, land this plane. <laughs> <laughs> so why do you think that is? And because I feel the same way. Why are you, why do you feel not threatened by, me, because I was surrounded by a sea of guys and some of them look like supermodels. It feels incredibly empowering to allow you to feel the breath of your sexuality. Like to, I don't think there's anything more manly than a man who is willing to embrace all of his sexuality. Not just, I can only fuck women because that's what everybody says I, I can do, but to go, you know what, what feels good, feels good. And this guy feels good right now. I think that is so manly and so sexy that it just fills me up. Like, But it's also manly for me to do that with other women. <laughs> do you like that? No, it's not that I don't like it. Okay. So what is it? I, do like it. I just don't like to see the flirty stuff. Well, that's what I'm talking about. I don't about. know what, I don't know why. I don't. But no, I'm not, I'm not jumping on you because I have some of those same reservations. Yeah, like yeah. I have zero qualms with you being out doing whatever with women. Right. Um, but what is it about us? Do we yeah, feel threatened so more by the critical and probably some insecurities brought in from past relationships and stuff like that. Um, things that, but those are things I think we are actively working on yeah, right? I mean, yeah. to try and overcome. Cause sometimes I don't know why. Yeah. And it, it and, just and is, I don't want to a visceral reaction sometimes and I can't help it. Well, and I don't want us to send the message that we think if you're in the lifestyle, you should seek to overcome every obstacle. Right. I don't mean that. Right. I just, but that's the way we feel about us. Well, and we've talked with like Dr. Shannon Chavez about compersion and jealousy. And I specifically asked her, should my goal be to feel compersion? Because I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least with women. With, right. With me, with women. Yeah. At this point in my life, I don't feel like I want to work towards feeling compersion watching you fuck another woman. Even though it has happened once. Even though it's happened once. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, is great because you didn't feel forced. And I forced. was surprised. Yeah. It's you didn't feel forced. I'm like, what is it? It just happened that way. good. Right. I want it to be organic like that. I want, we're constantly doing the work, but I, I don't want to... I, 
necessarily be conscious that I'm doing the work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. when I felt compersion, you don't yeah. want to be forced to do the work. If it happens. Right. Yeah. We're always doing the work because we're communicating all the time about what we're feeling and what's going on and asking the questions like, so what if this happened or what, you know, we're very curious people. So we're always talking about stuff. And so when that did happen, that I felt compersion, it was almost like, oh my God, this is what that feels like. Look at, look at me. <laughs> look at me. I'm doing it. Yeah. Because I've had that feeling quite a bit with right. you watching you with other, right. As long as I feel for me, I have to get to know the guy a little bit and yeah. I have to have a bond and something. I don't mean a sexual attraction. I mean, I right. have to trust them. I have to like them. Yeah. Well, and, and I have to do that with any partner that you're with, but well, I mean th that we've been with, um, but it's not necessarily something that I feel necessary for me to go, okay, April, you need to be able to watch your husband have sex with a woman and feel good about it. Yeah, I really don't care. <laughs> I don't want to. And it's not been that it's not been like you don't in, or that you've hated it every time you see it. It's more like, you're just like, Hey, have fun. I'm okay with that. But yeah. it's not like you're sitting there. You're not sitting there. Masturbating yeah. I'm too. not like, <laughs> except that one time. And that was because it just sort of snuck up on you. Organically, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Yet, I, with men. <laughs> you've liked every... Every second of it, yeah. It just, I think maybe because it's a little taboo. And like I said before, I have a rebellious spirit. Yeah, but everything we do is taboo. Yeah, right? I guess. But watching you embrace that part of your sexuality has been such a turn on for me and it because it just feels like you're becoming you're powerful and that like powerfulness is super attractive well, it does like, he's so secure with himself that he just doesn't give a fuck he's going to take what he wants he's going to enjoy it he's going to just relish in the pleasure of the moment and that is incredibly sexy well that, that definitely knowing that you have that attitude has certainly helped. I, you know, I don't know that I've ever could have gotten to where I am now mm -hmm. and felt the comfort with it that I do. If I didn't know you supported it. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that brings up, well, so going back to the thing that happened to Atlanta, we, we were dancing, making out all this crazy stuff, none of which I had ever done before. And right. we did it all night long. Mm -hmm. And we had very frank conversations when we're in these little dancing moments yeah. and stuff. He's asking me what I like. I'm asking what he likes. Um, we, we get very clear, which was nice because sometimes we don't do that in the lifestyle with like, I have had play sessions with other women where you had no idea what they like. Well, I, I try to do that every time and mm -hmm. I usually do, but, but there have been times yeah. where, yeah, you just kind of go in and you wing it. And you know, those are tougher sometimes because yeah. you, it's a new person. You don't know what buttons to push exactly. Right. But uh, I think he and I both knew exactly how that session was about to play out because we talked it through and that had helped us both get more ready and excited yeah. for it. Um, although I will admit that in some of those moments where I'm out there doing that, um, I had decided that, look, I, I can tell you're drifting back and staying away from me to just to let, let it all happen however I wanted it to happen. And so I was trying to do that, but I still thought, I wonder if they're back there making fun of me or Oh. I didn't think you were, but I, there's still just that. Here's a guy. This is supposed to be a man. He's out there just screwing around with another guy. Yeah. It just, it still seeps out of every once in a while. Yeah. But so there was never a time where you, I mean, it was enjoyment for you the whole time. Start oh, okay. to finish. Yeah. 
start to finish. Well, so it, we get done. The party ends, and uh, we're all going to Uber back. Uh, we we were staying with some friends in a hotel room. Everybody, so you and our friends decided or asked. Well, you didn't, but. They wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew this was the first well, time. Well, I wanted to watch. Well, I knew you wanted to watch, yeah. but the, the, the friends Everybody asked too. To and, uh, you know, they all knew this was my first time. It wasn't the guy's first time. He's He was a gay man. He wasn't a bisexual man. Right. And uh, uh, so we go back to our room that has two beds on it. And you and, the, and our friends, there was three of you, all laid in the other bed and watched as we did our thing. Yeah. So... From your perspective, because I know how it felt to me. So from your perspective, what was it like for the first? Because there has also never been a time in all of those little soft swap sort of oral sessions. It's always been in a foursome setting right. where we were all involved and right. everybody's playing. This time, to sound like it was novelty, like it was, you know, this, it, it can come off like that. Like it was like, oh, they were like, it was performative. Yeah. Well, I'm getting to that. Yeah. I'm okay. going to talk about that. That's where I'm going next. But, um, so. This was the first time you had ever not, you had been on the sideline mm-hmm. and you were just watching. So watching you just come unhinged and do what you wanted to do without any thought of me or like was the sexiest thing I've ever to this day ever seen in my entire life. Now, like, we've done a lot of this. stuff. We've done a lot of stuff. This is the top. Like, I don't know if we can top this. It was the hottest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> this, I have masturbated to this so many times. <laughs> like this, I, this <laughs> image, oh. it plays on a video in repeat. Well, I will never forget it for the rest of my life. It was incredible. You looked like a god, like just like two gods chiseled out of marble, like so sexy. <laughs> I can't, I can't even put it into words. Well, it was just incredible. Well, so it was. You were both just like animals, just oh. Yeah, it felt very aggressive, but in a good way. Yeah. Like it was, it was unhinged is a good word. That's kind of how it felt. But uh, because it had always been for me, sort of soft oral in a group situation right. or forcing sure situation. Everybody was thinking. Yeah. And I had never really been able to just enjoy the moment for what it was. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, I wasn't real sure. Well, how bisexual am I? Like, am I really, would, it, I, like would it? I enjoy it if it's just me and another man Yeah, and, and, and it's just us and, or am I just doing this because I know April likes it? Is right. it performative? Sure. How much? That? And I can say now that after that episode that, yeah, I mean, it was, it was as good for me as it was for you. I, yeah, think. I think probably better. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, it was not performative. Yeah. I, lo- I got lost in the moment. I didn't, I knew you guys were there, but it, didn't matter. it, it was, it was an, after about the first 30 seconds, I forgot. I mean, yeah. it was just all about that moment. And uh, So what do you want to accomplish by talking about this because we don't typically share like sexual stories we talk you know kind of in passing about it but this was kind of an important topic that we kept coming back to that we wanted to share for the podcast and why well i don't you know we've told the story a million times 
just because we're consensually non-monogamous, we lost half of our business when our town, mm-hmm. when our community fell, uh, found out about it. Um, and that type of thing happens for all sorts of alternative sexualities, uh, relationship arrangements. If it's not heteronormative, you run the risk of having your life negatively impacted if people around you find out. Um, in the lifestyle, it even happens to people if they, a man, if they say they're bisexual, people might sort of look down on you or you know, blacklist, black, you. blacklist you or yeah. not want you to come to the party because they're afraid you're going to hit on their husband or whatever the weird thing is. Uh, I want to I be able to be freely open about this. One, because I am, I do value being able to be transparent without giving a shit what people think. Right. Uh, but I also want people to know this is, if, like, if you're a man out there and you've had some of these fantasies, there is a lot of people, particularly in the consensually non-monogamous community, that are just like you, but they're hiding it. Uh, in that same poll that showed that uh, 42% of men identified as something other than straight, eight, I think it was 86% of women identify as something other than straight, right. which which we know. Makes I mean, sense, but that does not mean that 86% of women support their spouse being anything other than heteronormative. Yeah. And I just want to be out front about it. If we have any influence at all, I don't know that we do, uh, but I, I think the more people, public people talk about it, the more normalized it gets and the less shameful it feels to anybody that might want to experiment with it yeah. or the less shameful it feels to somebody's spouse who doesn't like their husband engaging and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It just needs to be front and center. And, uh, and hopefully it doesn't have to be that way for long. If we just enough of us talk about it, it becomes a non-issue. Everybody yeah. just gets to go enjoy whatever they want to enjoy, and yeah. people stop thinking and having such such this um, reaction. Yeah, to to, to yeah. something that shouldn't be an issue, yeah. but it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how to wrap this up. I, I just um, I just thought it was important for as many of us that are out there that can, you know, come out. I guess. Well, I think it's as important as the conversation about non-monogamy or ethical non-monogamy. The conversation about just any sexuality, anything outside of the heteronormative where, you know, white cis hetero society has told us that you have to be in a monogamous relationship, a man and a woman, and that is biblically the way it's supposed to be. Well, that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be whatever the fuck you want it to be. (laughs) And that can look different, just like you know, non-monogamy for one couple looks very different than it does for another couple. In fact, I don't know any two people whose non-monogamy style is the it's same. The same. It's, everybody's that, different. That's the same in the LGBTQ. I mean, we have so many friends that are which we're a part gay, of. lesbian, trans, you know, poly, just everything, every spectrum. And every one of their relationships looks so different from the other one. Well, that's why I, I don't love the term lifestyle anymore because I think it's almost, it sounds meaningless to somebody outside. Yeah. Uh, I like the term open just because yeah, it I can, because it can mean anything, but it, at least to somebody in the vanilla world, they have some idea that, you know, you're in some version yeah. of a different type of relationship. Here's what I know. And this might be controversial too. What I know in my experience of being in the monogamous world for 38 years is I know more unhappy people in the monogamous world than I have ever met in the non-monogamous world or the, you know, hetero or outside the heteronormative world. 
let people be who they want to be. Let them love who they want to love. Let them, you know, do what they want to do in their own bedroom. Whatever happens behind somebody in somebody else's bedroom is none of your fucking business. Yeah, that's right. If it doesn't, if it doesn't affect you, stop and if it getting... does affect you, it's probably because what's happening in your bedroom sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Like if you have to be so obsessed with with what is happening in somebody else's bedroom you've got some problems you need to address in your own bedroom. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to talk about in our next podcast episode, how, even though we've been out in, what was it? Two years ago now, yeah. this issue still affects us uh, today because just a week ago, I got a very difficult message from a family member, essentially not allowing us to come to the family Christmas. And we're, we're going to talk about that in the, in the next podcast episode. But we should just talk about it now. No, we'll talk about it in the next episode. I don't want to get you wrong. fuckers will get a letter from me. (laughs) All right. It's ridiculous, the ignorance that runs through So we'll wrap up by saying this. Um, uh, If if there's anybody out there that feels like they need, we we can connect you to resources. If you're a guy that feels like, hey, I've been wanting to explore this, but I can't talk to my wife or or how do I go about, you know, having these conversations. Uh, we have some incredible professionals on our team coming with us to hedonism. We can connect yeah. you with them or you can book our trip and go with us and meet them in person. Or book a call with us if you think that would help. You know, sometimes it's good to just be able to talk to people who have experienced it and just use us as a sounding board. You know, we, even in our own hometown, have Many, 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 many times had people reach out to us in our little small town to come to their home to talk to them, or they've come to our office and talk to them. Or, privately, of yeah, course. Privately yeah. about their experience or what they would like to explore. And, you know, we've been doing these meet and greets now. And we realize that the community here in our own town is a very large one, but it's a very underground right now. Yeah. If you have any shame with what you're doing, uh, if what you're doing is just between you and your partner or, or is in your bedroom, uh, that sucks. And that's why we try to be a voice. No. Uh, what do you mean? What's private? Yeah. I'm saying that if you feel shame over it, it, oh, it, it oh, it's yeah. it's horrible <laughs> that you have to go through that. And and that's the reason we do these shows. That's the reason yeah. we try to talk about these things and be upfront. Uh, now that it's out there about us, we might as well be a, 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 yeah. a microphone. A, a boy. Yeah. And especially now that we're not going to have our gym very much longer, it looks like. Uh, you know, we're going to be unleashed a little bit and can talk even more freely. So unhinged, unhinged. I like that word. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, reach out to us. Um, if you've got questions, if you need help with your fitness and nutrition, that's what our primary membership, naughtygym.com sign up. We can help you there too, but, uh, we appreciate you listening and stay naughty. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. I love you too.